My name's Mel Herbert, and he's Tom Wolfson. We're going to be talking about the cars, the batteries, the solar panel, the stock price, the man, the myth. We're going to be talking about everything Tesla. Why? Because we're... Talking. 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 Talking Tesla. You need to get some enthusiasm. I'm going to get some enthusiasm. How's that? Is that better? Is that more enthusiasm for you? Is that good? What? How many talking Teslas are we up to already? We're up to 46. Wow. Uh, We're up to palladium. (laughs) Palladium? Palladium. Atomic number 46. 46. Is that what it is? It is. Who knew? Um, And what is palladium used for? uh, It's for... It's a... It's it's a a palindrome. It's a... (laughs) It's a music venue in Hollywood. I thought it's used for catalytic converters. That's platinum. I don't know. Palladium's the cheap cousin. Maybe both. Yeah. But Which, of course, platinum. we have no concern over because we don't create emissions from our vehicles. We do create only emissions from, from creating only from Yeah, only from creating the tires and our solar panels to run our electric vehicles. Yep. That's the only reason. No one drove a nice vehicle over here today. That's for sure. Uh-oh. What? So I had a little bit of a problem this week with the RAV4. The okay, RAV4. so at the end of last week, we Vox, mm-hmm. we record your Vox. Yeah. You're I getting the buying it. It's I done. It. Mm-hmm. And what's give us a follow-up? So I started driving it, Yeah. and there was this high-pitched whining sound coming out of the engine. Which kid? At <laughs> Hilarious. Motor. My children will be real happy when I am listening to this in the car. <laughs> Sorry, pay Adam. for that one. Sorry, Adam. Herbert. So no, it was like at at any at acceleration. As long as you, if you didn't floor it right at any acceleration, it was going. Wee! Yes, I know that sound very well. Very very annoying. You know mm-hmm. what that is? That's the attack of the hamsters. I think it actually is like the wattage going into the motor incorrectly, mm. potentially, <laughs> or the voltage. Whoever somebody will correct us. Yeah. Oh, by, they will via letter. <laughs> It's one of those things. The energies. <laughs> and so I knew that it was going to, in the long term, drive me crazy. I'm going to try to get through the story pretty quickly. Well, you're not doing a good job took so back, far. Took it back to CarMax, and they couldn't figure it out. They made me take it over to Hamer. I drove it with the lead EV tech at Hamer Toyota, which is the only real EV repair place around here for Toyotas. Uh, he was very knowledgeable. He heard the sound as well. Uh, couldn't do anything about it until he talked to Tesla today. Mm-hmm. However, that was outside of my five-day return period at CarMax, and they weren't willing to extend that or unable to extend that. Oh. So I returned the car on Saturday morning. Oh, So you're still on the, the glide path to getting a Tesla, Tom. You're back. Woo-hoo. Tom's back. What are we getting now? Come right. on. You look so depressed about the white. I don't know. You know why I'm depressed about it? Because as you people know, uh, I had a hard time making this decision. Then I made the decision, and then the decision was de-decisioned. Karma is de-decisioned. Karma and Carmax (laughs) are helping you to make the decision to go Tesla. I just want you to know, I'm going to read some names for you, Tom, please. Oh, this is good. You ready? Yeah. Steve Maggie. Adrian something brother. McDade. Wow. Speaking to the uh, lo- McDade, you're really Andrew it. Stevens, Aaron Schneider, Joel Snap, Sap, Sap. Sorry, thanks, Joel. Joel. Um, between them, gave 
almost a hundred dollars, Tom. Yeah, to your new car. All we, we want to thank you guys. We for do doing want to thank you very much. Uh, you guys are fourteen thousand nine hundred dollars to go. These are good people. We've got an entire list. Maybe I'll say it in the credits of all the people that have given money. I, look, uh, thank you. But thank Tom. You. Yeah. What the F are you going to do now? Are you going to get another I don't know. As of right now, so this is what's happening as of right now. CarMax claims that they're going to try to fix it and then call me. So maybe if they do, I'm going to continue to look. I still, it was only a 2013. It wasn't a 2014. I'll tell you one thing about it, though. It actually drove better than my 2014. It had a different, it wasn't quite so peppy. So it didn't sort of pull, right? It didn't have quite as much torque. Hmm. And I don't know if it was just a setting or that was caused by that sound or whatever. Because it's so much better when you have your batteries under your feet and the car is designed to be an electric vehicle. It runs so much better. What is he talking? Is he talking about That's the Tesla? That's why you should again? get a Tesla. He's talking about a Tesla. He's just yeah, ridiculing actually. me. The batteries under your feet in a Rav Four. I, I only have one question. Yes. Uh, why do you hate Mel? me, Robert? Is that your question? I love you. I want you to be safe in a five-star vehicle. So the next time somebody whacks you, you can get out and say, "Ha! I'm awesome. I'm safe. You're." You've destroyed my Tesla is what you want me to say to No, somebody? well, if somebody hits you and they, they touch any of that aluminum, you know, it's $15,000 worth of body work. Boom. Well, that sounds great, Robert. No, it isn't. That's why every time I've been hit twice, not really hard, but every time I was just like, oh, please don't let it be one of the fenders. And and it was it was the back bumper and the front bumper, which are really darn durable for rubber. Nice. Yeah. So I was just going to say, Mel, what color is your Model S? Uh, gray. Gray. Mine's white. What color should Tom get? Red. Red. No. I would never Ooh. get red. If I got no. one, I would. it would be white. I like white. White. Colors. All right. I like the white. And that's, the, that's one of the X hard parts white. about this RAV situation is yeah. that they hardly made any white. They made it in three colors. Uh, nice, or, uh, Toyota Blue. That silver that you see everywhere, which is what most of them are, mm-hmm. and then the blizzard pearl white, which is what I had. That's a nice. That's like the the, the sparkly white. Yeah, it's yeah. so lovely. I, love I was the blizzard pearl I was so happy. Yeah, you I were, had made my it decision. It was joy and loveliness, and I was driving around, and I actually felt like I had made the right choice by not buying a leaf. But now I'm in the same spiral, uh, and I'm a week closer to the bolt being released, and mm. the bolt has potential fast charging, and it's thirty thousand dollars. And then, okay, this is the last thing we're going to talk about. But this blew my mind, Go and I'm not sure why. So Nissan, 2016 Nissan Leaf, mm-hmm. right now, if you buy an S model, and, and maybe I'm wrong about this. If you buy an S model, you can walk into a dealership today. It has about 87 miles range, I think. Maybe it's a – and it's $199 a month, zero down, zero first month's payment. So you walk out of that place for, for basically $199. And the three-year lease is $7,200. That qualifies for a federal and state tax credit of $10,000. Is that not a free car? Am I wrong about that? They're giving you money. I'm sure there's some math that's incorrect there. I don't think there is because that's the deal, right? right? If you get a three-year lease. But the lease, don't they take the California credit? they don't. They may take the California credit, but then you still get the federal credit. So what do you? What do you? Why are we talking? I don't know, <laughs> because I I oh. was shocked. Because well, a I don't want I wouldn't want the S. I'd want the SL, and that one's a little bit more three twenty nine, and you have to put three thousand dollars down. What's the difference? Uh, a lot more money. 
five six is it that much better a car is this not the yeah, car it, that has, you're gonna... it has more range it has leather seats but again it'd be a lease so maybe it doesn't really matter isn't this the car you're going to end up giving your daughter anyway potentially well i don't know it's a lease and who knows and the they lower the residual value after the three years is only eight thousand dollars so you can just thing. buy it's it ridiculous since we're talking about cars can i bitch about the x a <laughs> all little we bit? ever do is talk about cars what do you mean since we're talking i was trying about to do a car. transition don't f up my transition for <laughs> yeah let's sake. talk about the x Baby. Can I talk about the X for a minute? Please. So I spent the uh, weekend driving the X, and it's really a lovely car. Lovely. Yes. But uh, a couple of things. I think I like driving my S more. Yeah. I don't. I was trying to work out what it is. I get into the S, and there's a smoothness to the S that is not in the X. Yeah. Which was interesting to me. It's. I don't know why. I still haven't worked out what it is. That's the first thing. And the second thing is, what's up with those fucking doors? Oh no. What happened? He no, and I got you know two what? Don't, bitches. Don't beep that out either. Just I got let it fly. Two bitches. You know what they're good for? The- they're good for cracking walnuts. You line them up along the the step of the door. You know, on the uh, is there a video on this? And then you close that's the door, a, and that's not a thing. You can crack like fifteen <laughs> walnuts at a time. I don't think that's real. Robert spent the weekend in the comedy club apparently <laughs> my, taking lessons. My ex, uh, it's my wife's ex, is currently uh, getting the doors fixed because you know they tried to kill us. Currently, the other thing that they tried do is not close a lot of the time oh that's cool they come all the way down three quarters of the way down and then they stop and then you have to hit the button and then it goes i don't want to close right now so okay maybe the sensors are all screwed up maybe it's all going to get fixed yeah but here's the next question i have oh no and it's a revelation to me okay when your electric doors don't work yeah on a normal car Mm -hmm. you just push them close you manually close them that is correct how the do you close a Gullwig door when that doesn't want to close? How do you close it manually? Tall. Is there a manual override on the <laughs> five eight? On the, maybe the, nine in the software. <laughs> in the software, is there like a? I don't know how to fucking close my Gullwing doors manually. That's a lot about, of f bombs. How about using your your? Here's key another file, question. Key file. Oh, there's another follow up. Ready? Here's another yes, question. Yes, sir. Go ahead. If I flip my car on ahead, now, don't get me wrong. That would be. Very hard to do. You know, in a Mercedes that has gullwing like doors, yeah. they have explosive devices so you can pop the door open. Uh-huh. What happens if you roll your X? How do you get out of the back from those gullwing doors? Go. Okay. So, this is something I know about the S, and we probably should educate Tesla Nation. Please. Is that your front door uh, handles to open the door, right? The ones you kind of lever out, they are mechanical, right? This is a car that's almost entirely electronic. But the rear door handles are electric. So if you have an electrical failure and whatever, the person in the front seat is unconscious, you're in the back seat, you can't get out of the car. Those door handles will not work. But You have to eat your way through the driver? Is that what happens? No. <laughs> I'm horrible. waiting for you guys to pipe up like you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> if you reach beneath... Okay, so you're sitting on either the passenger... You put your head between your legs and kiss your ass goodbye. <laughs> Is that what you're about to say? If you put your hands between your legs... Which I'm already doing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. They're there most of the time. <laughs> you know on. why? Because the, they end right there. <laughs> People are going to lose track of what the hell I'm talking about. That's all right. You can't get out of the back seat. The electric, electricity has died. The, the driver is unconscious. Yeah, they got that part. You reach between your legs and there is a little cover that's just below the lip of the leather of the seat and you pop it off and there is a pull tab in there. It's a wire. It's got a ring on it. You pull it. It unlatches the door. Is this that is how, really important. That's really important. How come I fucking didn't fucking know that? I thought it was going to be an Iceman <laughs> ejector sort of situation where you just went, phew. 
through the thing. Yeah, no, that's actually very important, and they don't run you through that when you pick up your car. They did when I picked it up, but, you know, for some reason, I never put it... Of course they did. Of course they did. They didn't tell me... and. My ignorance knows no f***ing bounds, and I'm going to say the f***ing word a lot because I get to edit this. Wow. Um, so, Tesla Nation, uh, love the X. So much good about it. I wouldn't buy another one. That's what I'm going to say right now. Until they fix those f***ing doors and they make the f***ing middle row fold down. Wow. I wouldn't get another. So I right now you're, you're, love you're, the you're so angry that you wouldn't buy another hundred and twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> wow, wow! Your indignation knows no bounds. Why don't you it's, send it back as a lemon? It's on a lease. Okay, let me ask you this question. It's so not really lemonish though. It's not. No. The doors don't close. Yeah, they'll fix it. It's only if, if they you, don't if, fix if they it. can't it's fix three it in times. three so times. So let's say. Okay, here's a uh, let's talk about it in a hypothetical form. Let's say they do send it back, they do fix the doors, it starts again, they do it again. Would you invoke the lemon law? Um probably That's a good question. probably not. I think the wife likes the car although she's afraid of the doors now. She's really afraid of them. And so am I. So we took grandma out, you know, as you do on the weekend, you take your grandma out and you do stuff with her. And she's old and brittle. I put my hand <laughs> wow. out. Wow. She is. She's ancient. Grandma. Um, I actually put my hand up on the going doors as she's getting in and out of the back seat because I'm thinking if these accidentally hit grandma, she's going to explode. So your guns versus the Falcon? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? You, the- UV Falcon. So there I is- mean, it's really an issue. I love Tesla and I love Elon, and, but these doors were a fucking mistake. They look good. But they're a f- they're great to get in and out of when they work. But when they don't work, they're a pain in the ass. And that fucking middle row needs to fucking fold. What is happening with you today? This show we were trying to this, carry shit around, and we had to go. This show is like and beep, seriously beep, beep, think beep. about the ice car, the Highlander, because its fucking middle row lays down and gives you lots what? of room. Mel, let's have a little intervention. <laughs> yeah, okay. What's happening? I don't know. I'm a bit what upset. is going on? I'm a bit but upset. My friends hate it. There was a story on when Tesla you Rodney about f bombs and like it's going to be no. Ugly. The kids are in the f- car. You can't fucking I know, swear. But like now this. it's just beep 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 beep. At least make a different like beep. A, this do you need time. a different beep? We're going to yeah, be right. like a fleet of ducks and flamingos. Maybe you should make a beep like the door of the X coming down. All right, just before it kills you. Should we move? Should on? we continue on? <laughs> there was a guy who just got Tesla to take back his Model X. He's a guy I can't. I was looking just now for the story. He has a Roadster, an S, bought an X, was so dissatisfied he invoked the Lemon Law, and he got Tesla to take it back, which I guess was difficult to do. Elon has said, and we've talked about it many times, that it was a mistake. They made this car very complicated, and I think he specifically is talking about those doors. I hope that the Model Y which will be on the same sort of uh, form factor as the X, doesn't have those f***ing doors. It will be on the same form factor, but not the same platform. It'll be on the three platform. It'll be on the three platform, but it'll be more SUV-like, mini SUV. Mini SUV. Please lose those f***ing doors. Put a RAV on it. Yeah, well, Elon, I think, alluded to, alluded to that on the earnings call, which we're going to get to about how In about three production hours. hell. Good I think Lord. I heard production, production hell, hell multiple times. All right, let's go sure through some the of doors. this stuff quickly, and then we're going to get to that call, which is really what this is about. Tom, you've got one here. It says, uh, the Tesla car wash. This is from Forbes. For Forbes. Forbes, and it says, um, this is from, actually, quoting Forbes is quoting, guess who? What? Oh, I what? Oh, I know. <laughs> so they're contracting with this green auto 
uh, Eco Green Auto Clean Company, which says that they have a wireless cleaning product and wireless? solution. It's wireless. It's, it's Wi-Fi. It's Wi-Fi. <laughs> it's both wireless and waterless. And they say that they can clean a car with one cup of water. I've and seen it. I love this idea. I, I hate. The I hate the idea of washing my car because we're in California. There is no water. I rather drink than clean my car. But my car gets very dirty. It does and maybe you should take a shower once in a while too with that water? What do you think? I, if I could shower with my Tesla, that'd be great. Ooh. Do you have a pool? I have a pool, which is the biggest water waster of all time. I've thought about draining throw, it out. I just wanted to ask. I was wondering. I had never seen one. It's for him to test his new electric boat. Yeah, but here's it. the point of this article. That's interesting. We're going to ignore all the stupid comments. Electric boat. I don't have an electric boat. God, Robert's going to die. Uh, the tuberculosis all right, let's move is on. Back. Come on, people. So they're talking about uh, they've got this at the Fremont factory right now. You go to the supercharger and then they all go clean your car with this one cup of water system. They're yeah. going to try and this here at the Fremont factory and then maybe put it other places. So I've got to go charge for 30 minutes and they'll wash my car at the same time. It sounds great. Probably being like something like an $80, $90 a month service. They don't talk about how many cleans they that do, is. They do, actually. How many is it? Two. Two, Two a month. month. 45 bucks a time? 40, 45 bucks a cleaning. Okay. And it's just basically three spray bottles. So they spray it, yeah. let it sit for a little while, move on to like the windows or something yeah. like that, and then go and wipe it off. Um, it sort of em- emulsifies the dirt and grabs it, and then the, the microfiber cloth. You can watch the video on the Eco Green website. We'll post it. It was all part of this program it's sort of about bringing services up i don't know like i'm in the middle of nowhere maybe i could see it being potentially possible out by harris ranch the places that you would be longer but probably not button willow because it's a smaller one where you can pay people less so the point is that they're starting to bring services around the supercharger (laughs) he never stops (laughs) it's just stupid comment after stupid comment on the show hey you you hired him. I, st- <laughs> I thought you were going to say you started it. <laughs> the best part of this article, though, is that um, Tesla is in conversations with this co- group called Sheet. <laughs> Sheets. There's in the Mid-Atlantic. Z. Sheets with a Z. In the Mid-Atlantic, which run a series of gas stations. And they are talking about putting superchargers at these gas stations so yeah. you can have the services of the gas station so you'll have a supercharger next to your gas thing. And this is what I want to see happen, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The infrastructure is already there. Let's put superchargers at the gas stations and just get rid of the gas over time. Thank you very much. Right. Nothing better than supercharging and a hot pocket. Nothing. No, my God. My car's getting clean. I've got right. a hot pocket in my hand, yeah. and uh, I'm supercharging, and I'm laughing at the people Maybe with their gas a, cars. a 185-ounce soda that you paid 89 cents for no. to go along with Don't your hot pocket, it. but won't fit in one of your two cup holders. So they're already doing this in, in uh, Europe, right? They've already partnered with a gas station chain in Poland. I don't remember the name. This is Tesla, I'm saying. And here, what they really need is to get together with the truck stop company, right? TA, what's the other one called? I I pass them all the time. Pilot. Pilot, yeah. So there's like uh, uh, two big, big chains of truck stops. And every one of them has, you know, like showers and a restaurant open most of the day and a convenience store open all the time. And they have like video games. And it's basically like a little, I don't know, a little community. Yeah. And to put the Tesla superchargers there, that's a perfect spot. I've been into a pilot one time. I bought a teddy bear yeah. to take to the shooting range. And then you... We shot the crap out of that bear. 
That's upsetting. It was awesome. <laughs> it's nice to have a pseudo Republican on the show. <laughs> oh, just because you shoot things, you have to be a Republican. Yeah, I don't apparently. want people it's to in have the, guns. It's in the Constitution. It isn't. Uh, Loss. Look, I set my citizenship exam. I think I know. Okay, <laughs> please. I'll be better than Tom. Do you know what was on that citizenship exam? Shit exam. One no. of the questions was, "Where does the president live?" I put the White House, and I got it right. You're, High five, buddy. You're welcome. <laughs> and then they made me a citizen. At least they didn't want to know the address. What's the address? Do you know? Uh, Pennsylvania Avenue. <clears throat> 1600. Thank you, yeah. Robert. You know, you're from here. High He's five. from here. How do you know yes. that? You're from here. People from here don't I've, know that. I've been in there. I wanted really? to know if he knew. Ooh. Okay, the losses continue to well, mount. This already is a story from Tom. That he didn't know. Let me just talk over him because I know he <laughs> loves that. No, let's start over Who again. has to edit this shit? Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> the losses continue to mount. This is from New York Times. Wait, you oh, got to start again. For fuck's sake. How you can you start There's again. no way we don't have the technology. Start again. The losses continue to mount. This is from New York Times. Tom, you put this in here. Please talk about how much money Tesla is not making. They lost a lot. And I don't understand because we listened to the earnings call and we're going to get to that. And they, according to them, their numbers should be somewhere around $10 billion in revenue a year. And they, they, they're only claiming 1.27 in that quarter, which I guess they had some production issues. But they had a loss of $293 million. The one thing... The one uneco-friendly part about Tesla is that they burn a shitload of cash. <laughs> the carbon footprint of that. The carbon footprint of the pallets of $100 bills that are being burned in Fremont is dramatic. Anyway, And they're going to have more losses now because they've added Solar City, which is a cash hog right, right now. And Tesla Energy, which is the biggest Cash, cash hog. And some of their losses are because, you know, they have all of these code words for all of this CapEx crap oh, that I they're I don't know doing what the hell they're talking about. Model 3. So they're putting a ton of money. How much? Again, it's a shit ton Okay, now. so you've got uh, your metric ton. Yeah. You've got your American ton. Uh-huh. And you've got your, your shit ton. Thank you. That's correct. Right. Okay. We just need to <laughs> point that out every time. Yeah. Every time. And... To get up to production, and they've had to ramp that up even more because of all of the revenue that, you know, all of the deposits that they have for the 376,000 of those cars. So they are definitely burning money. It is a long-term problem for them. It's a short-term problem for sure. It is a long-term problem. I think in the call, he claimed that they had about $10 billion cash on hand from that last, they did that last uh, sale uh, where Elon, you know, opted. You know, added a bunch of got a bunch of his options sold, and the company added a little bit more. Their overall sort of numbers of outstanding shares are super, super low relative to other car companies, right? Like, so other car companies like Ford, I think, are in the ten or twenty billion shares outstanding, and Tesla is you know multitudes less than that. So there have been some people that say that Tesla should just right now on this excitement of the Model 3 just just raise a, a whole bunch of money for like the next 2 or 3 years just enough just make one big offering call it done and walk away but that is not the Elon way Elon I believe from all that I've read despises losing control really I um That's I can a, see that it's not obvious I can see that so um I put a note down here which said we sort of take it for granted a little bit that this is going to work, but this is still an incredibly risky thing that he is doing. They Big are time. pouring huge amounts of money in. The scope of what they're trying to achieve is unbelievable. It is visionary to sort of the 
greatest extent possible. And there's no guarantee it's going to work. They could run into a, some problems, have a couple of crashes, screw up a few doors, and it could go under and they could sell this thing off in chunks, which would be terrible. So it makes me anxious whenever I hear about another Tesla crash or another Tesla problem, like some on a podcast whining about the doors. It worries me. And the and the worst part about a situation that you're talking about is it will be just generally chilling to the advancement of EVs, right? Like right. If Tesla goes if under- If Tesla fails- Right, like that doesn't mean Toyota's going to be like, "Hey, we can get our factory back." That's great. They've already put all this battery stuff in there. I, I don't see that happening. Yes, Robert. I'm just going to say something. Yahoo. I just checked just so that we don't we can avoid a bunch of letters. Yahoo. Tesla has 133 million outstanding shares. General Motors has 1.5 billion. Ford 3.9 billion. Done. Thank you. All right. I wasn't that far off. No. Orders of magnitude. Orders of magnitude. Let's. uh, Thank you. Let's jump from autopilot because I don't want to talk about that anymore. Death. We've talked about that too much. But let's talk about freaky to me. Supply me a river. This is from electric. No, no, no. You don't want to talk about the deadly autopilot class. No, this is actually. I don't want to talk about anymore. There's a key part of this. All right, then talk about it. Make it fast. It's a New York Times article. Tesla Motors told Senate investigators that its crash prevention systems failed to work. So they said that. The brakes failed to do their job during the crash in which uh, Mr. Brown was killed. They said that to a Senate panel. Yes. So what does that mean generally moving forward to the lawsuit, right? What lawsuit? The lawsuit from the gentleman's family to Tesla, right, where they're blaming Tesla for this guy's death, and Tesla has now told a Senate committee that the brakes didn't actuate properly. We have to get a, a lawyer specialist on here because I don't know if he can be – They car companies can be held culpable for this additional system. Do they say it's going to work every time or is it just this might help out? Don't but rely on it because he was not relying on it. But they're saying it wasn't the autopilot part. It was the braking part of the, in, I understand. Of the system. Okay. So interesting in my opinion. They admitted it, it to a Senate panel. There's actually a website, one of these lawyers who's fishing for people to oh, join a class action lawsuit against Tesla. Let's blow off the supply me river mill. Yes, let's blow that off. Let's blow off the fact that IBM is attacking uh, Model 3, um, saying you should buy an i3 simply because you mean BMW. it's here now. BMW. Uh, yeah. IBM. IBM. BMW. Start that over All those big conglomerates. But BMW, IBM, they're the same company as far as I'm aware. Okay. And uh, they have this ad that says you should buy our i3 because it's here now and the Model 3 is not going to be around for a while, which seems to be a really stupid way to advertise your car. Now, two ads, and they're actually funny to watch. I, I totally recommend, although it gives them more hits, which makes you know me cringe a little bit, but go ahead. Hit those ads. Have a great laugh. It, they're funny. Enjoy the Why German wait? commercials. Why wait? Why wait when you can drive our hybrid technology with 77 e, my, e MPG, which is like totally uh, bullshit. Oh, let's do the Bless earnings you. call. Can we get to the earnings call? Oh, yes. I, I, this is going to be real exciting. And what the first thing that I will take away from this, I listened to the earnings call, was that fascinating amount of information that elon breaks out and that he is super super persnickety on these earnings calls he was like snappy at like carb and he was snappy at the press i actually transcribed what he said about the california air resources board 
Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for your patience. You've joined the Tesla Motors second quarter 2016 financial resort Q&A. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. There's need to have much higher definition map than currently exists anywhere in the world in order to have full autonomy, and we're in the process of building those, I think, making good progress. So we need higher definition maps for full autonomy than we've got right now. How are they going to do this? Because Google's been driving around in silly little cars and using Google Earth for years. How's Tesla going to do even higher resolution maps, please, Robert, tell me? I don't know how they're going to do it in the time frame that I expect we'll see full autonomy. But there's memory cells firing off when I heard this in the back of my brain about this Tesla initiative to launch a series of Tesla satellites using SpaceX mm-hmm. to actually do high rate. So right now, GPS satellites, I think they're like 400 or 1200 miles out. So GPS can cover a huge range with one satellite. If you think about it, it's like shining a flashlight from space. If you're really close up, you can only cover a little bit of the Earth. If you're really far out, you can cover a lot more of the Earth. So GPS uses these really, really far away satellites, and they cannot get closer than like 10 foot of um, resolution. Which is great if you're in the Sierras and terrible if you're driving down the street. (laughs) So Tesla... This is what I'm remembering from some group of event where I was listening like intently that they had a program and I'm not sure they have offices in Seattle that is the satellite offices where they're developing things uh, or at least SpaceX has an office in Seattle in that area where they were going to put up satellites that were much lower down like 400 feet up or 200 feet up. 100 feet up, uh, miles, sorry, miles, 150 miles to make me correct you. Yeah. And, uh, And they were going to actually have very high resolution mapping, like within a foot or less. So they could actually have mapping and resolution to the lane. So they could know what is the quality of this lane on this highway. If there's an issue there, cars will know it. And this will be put into their sort of memory banks every so often downloading. That would take a lot more satellites because I think the GPS system is like 26 satellites. Right. But they have these satellite. That number's correct. They have things called satellite buses where they pack all these satellites onto a uh, a structure, send that up into the into orbit, and then they just pop them out. SpaceX just did that. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, I have a um, nephew in law that works for the CIA and uh, for the government, and Mm -hmm. I ask him the new because they've got a whole new military satellite system that's why they gave up the gps to us and i'm like how what's the resolution he's like i can't tell you no it's pretty good though right what is it he's like i can't tell you yeah i, tell you, I have to key they can probably aim for the zit on your nose yeah so this is uh, another mel's and ignorance slot thing i didn't even think about this yeah to in order for your car if it's if it's going to be fully autonomous i guess you want two systems is what they're saying you want some radars that look where the lanes are, but you also want a really accurate GPS system at the same time. So that uh, can aid, add to the sort of the accuracy of the car driving, I guess, is what he's getting at. Well, it's it's that, and it's just a very a much more accurate map that's constantly being updated. Because imagine if you're in a car that has no steering wheel, and it goes a place you know, that's under construction, you know, it has to be able to make a lot more nuanced decisions than it can currently make. So again, I don't know if they're using the satellites to do it. If they're going to have their own fleet, but of they Teslas can't be doing that around. with a. They can't be doing that with a satellite because you map the world. Yeah, you don't map it every second, every day. Google maps like every few years because yeah. it's too much data. So 
I'm still a little unclear about how this adds to yeah, your full Google's autonomy. doing that by getting pictures from satellites that are taken on a schedule. And so I think what well, they're talking cars. about- Right. So what I think they're talking about is actually using what a particular car sees. And if there's like a construction zone and they're, they're running fully autonomous, then in that range, I'm sure the cars will be slowing down. They will not be driving as fast to enable them to be more nimble when there are changes. But at the same time, there's like crashes on the road. Yeah. So like, you know, two cars smash. Yesterday I was on the 101 and I freaking sat for 40 minutes. And these two cars in the second lane rear-ended and everybody and there's pieces everywhere yeah. so like how is the car going to deal with bumper in this lane a taillight over there with sharp edges actually it was only until after we finished recording that i realized how gps helps and it's exactly as robert's saying now so you're driving along in your car and there is something there's a big tire in the middle of your lane your car sees that and then it says to the other teslas hey there's a tire in this lane with accurate GPS, it can tell you exactly where that tire in that lane is. With inaccurate GPS, it says it's kind of over there. So having even more accurate maps and more accurate GPS makes cars talking to each other, at least in that respect, much more useful. So maybe that's where we're going here. How many cars do they have to build um, to really make a dent in the carbon footprint of the world? And therefore, my follow-up question, how many superchargers? Well, I think that the demand for autonomous cars will best that way the production capability. So it's more to bear in mind that the global fleet of vehicles is about two and a half billion, roughly, and total new vehicle production every year is only about 100 million. The fleet's basically turning over every roughly 20, 25 years. We would have to make some truly enormous number of autonomous vehicles for there to be any demand saturation. Um, because it'll be basically be the only car anyone wants to buy. So Zam. that uh, there's so much interesting stuff in here. So yeah, you have to build a lot of cars to take over the entire world's fleet, which is 2.5 billion. They are going to be planning on a million cars a year, which doesn't put much of a dent in this until they build 12 more gigafactories and another Fremont factory. But I love that it's going to be so good. It's going to be the only car people want. Do you believe that? Yeah, it's not so going to be the X. I was just thinking about the kind of meetings that Elon had early on in Tesla, like 2010, 2009, when people were waiting for their roadsters, which were all f***ed up in production. And he told some glorious stories then about how great things would be. And you know what? It kind of turned out that way. It really did. If you had patience and you were able to put up with falcon wing doors and, you know, battery problems and I've had, you know, water in my taillight two or three times, but really on balance, it turned out really well. That's one of the reasons I'm here. So listening to this call was a real juice. There's a couple of other things he says as well coming up, um, but let's uh, talk about the cheaper Model S. There were questions about whether the the what's the demand for the Model S, what's the demand for the 60, how much money is that going to lose because it's a cheaper car. Let's see what they have to say about that. And uh, a number of those reservation holders uh, said to us, we'd love to be in a Tesla today um, if you could provide a more affordable version of the Model S. Our battery technology allows us to, to do that, uh, and so we introduced the 60, and that is, uh, that's generated demand out of a new market segment um, that is, uh, it is reaching down into that Model 3 reservation holder territory. 
um, and portends really good things for for future Model 3 demand. But um, but it's it's opened up a very nice segment for us uh, for Model S. And has it opened up uh, any demand for Tom? No, I mean I think. To to finish your last thought was like, is this going to be the car? It may be the car everyone wants to buy. The S may be the car today that everybody wants to buy, but that it's not in a price point that people can buy it. And if the Model Three is coming in at forty two thousand, then that's also not going to be the car that everybody can buy. And the future of the next round of cars is going to be another small factor SUV, probably going to be in the same model, same cost range. The only thing that Tesla really can do is, are they ever going to get to the point where they can make a $20,000 car and make a million of them a year? So they're always going to be in this mid-high part of the market. So what cars, in the long run, like, what is the impact of just Tesla if the rest of the car companies, and he'll talk about this a little bit later when he talks about carb, if the other car companies aren't forced in some way to move out of compliance and and into some serious technology, and if they see, if the car companies feel that, okay, they can cede 1% a year to, to EVs and buy some credits from Tesla, like, is there a point where Tesla and Chevy are maybe the only two companies making electric cars and the rest of them have moved back to like fuel cell vehicles? It's sort of, I don't know, it doesn't pertain, it doesn't feel great when you think about it in those terms. It feels like they're riding the buzz. So Tesla, you know, there are, there are a multitude of people who really don't know about Tesla. We're kind of like insular Most here. Most people. Yeah. I mean, like, they're like, what car is that? I say, it's a Tesla. Oh, you know, is that is that one of those electric cars? Maybe they say that. But a lot of times people don't even realize that it's, it is. And so, but there, I think as time goes on, more and more people will learn about Tesla. I expect, listening to what I heard on this call and what I already expected earlier, was that full autonomy capability will be coming much sooner. Like I said before, by the end of the year. So when people hear that, if they're stuck on a commute that's 30 miles in bumper-to-bumper traffic twice a day and they hear, you mean my car, not only can they do it now, right? Uh, autopilot is you can sit in the car in stop-and-go traffic. I have not heard of any accidents using autopilot in that setting. That's it. Those people, I, would you pay an extra ten thousand dollars? Would you hawk something? Would you give up something to pay an extra ten or another, an extra twenty thousand? But to have that like back, some people, that's not an option for so many people, Robert. That's just not an option. Well, the minimum gonna, wage being what it is, I mean, like. That's, but we're going to get to that uh, later on because he's going to talk about the Model Y and an even cheaper version, which seemed to be off the table and now seems to be back on the table. Let's keep moving here. Um, let's talk about stationary storage update. Just a quick update. They just think that this is going to go ballistic. Uh, it, uh, I think our core business is, is actually doing quite well right now. Just as a, a follow-up, um, any update on the stationary storage? I think your original targets were four to five hundred million for this year, and three to five billion for next year. Uh, any just color on how that's uh, trending? Um, heavily, heavily um, engineering and production constrained. So we're we've got some next-generation technology, and we've got to spool up that that production line. So it's going to be heavily concentrated in in Q4 and probably even heavily in November and December. But it's, I think it's going to be really exciting when people see it. 
that's why I expect kind of exponential growth from there. It's, I think it's really going to go ballistic. Yeah, so they're burning more capital. They're investing in Australia. They're investing in these places. But the interesting part to me is that they're already talking about next generation stuff that's going to be incredible and it's going to look better. It's going to be better. I, I it think has to come down in price a lot, though, because we've done it 100 times. I'm not buying a power wall because it's too expensive. I think that's the new batteries. So they've got a much larger battery, 40%. 45% larger by volume. I don't know if that means that it can hold that much more energy packed into the same form factor. So the same box that holds the batteries for the power wall, power, power, whatever cabinet Pack and your car thing. will hold that much more electricity. Well, that's going to be pretty impressive. Maybe they haven't gotten the engineering dialed in or the validation dialed in. Maybe they haven't gotten the UL rating yeah, they haven't started making the batteries True. is a bigger part of it, is well, my guess, right? They probably have some test batteries. But then the question becomes like, okay, let's say they do make the power wall 25% bigger in the same you mean form. capacity. Capacity, yeah. right. In the same, by storage capacity. Yeah. In the same form factor for the same price, that brings it up to, what, like an eight? It's still, I don't think, enough to make it eight kilowatt hours to make it work, right? Because it's a six and a half now. Is that correct? Something that yeah, in that ballpark. Functionally, yeah, I think they have to. For me personally, they've got to like. I want triple their storage, and I want it at half the price that it's at now, maybe less. Now they've talked about their battery numbers uh, costs coming down and down and down. But again, for most people, I think they're going to sell most of these to companies and to um, utilities. I still don't see how Powerwall works, works for most people from a cost point of view until it is half to a third of what it is now. I think it's uh, they may just see it being much more powerful as an international product in yeah, places right. like Australia and Germany, right? And Africa, right? So there are, you know, everything is not Estados Unidos, right, for for corporations. And Tesla just may have a bigger worldview on on that aspect, you know, but, you know, Germany, you run into some issues. You can't necessarily mount them outside, right, because it's cold. Mm -hmm. right. Even in northern the northern parts of North America, you know, it gets very cold. And, you know, Tesla batteries use a lot of the, their energy to keep themselves warm in those kinds of situations. So, I mean, I don't know. I still, the jury is out for me on the Powerwall V Power Pack. The money may be in the Power Pack and not in the Powerwall. My gut sense is that Elon and the team would not be pursuing this with such vigor if they didn't have an engineering concept that they think is going to be pretty revolutionary. And he keeps saying that this is going to be ballistically large and big. We'll see. I mean, I, I guess we're going to have more announcements at the end of the year. Let's uh, listen to them talk about what their major priorities are. Again, this is, gives you the insight as to what their thinking is. The, uh, the focus really is on, on Model 3. Um, Followed by full autonomy um, as um, for the top two priorities. When I first heard that, I thought, oh, the Model 3 is not going to be fully autonomous because they talked about Model 3 and full autonomy. And I read that as, or I heard that as, we're going to make the Model 3 and then we're going to think about full autonomy. But he's really just saying they're the two most important things that they're working on in Tesla. And um, again, we'll hear later that he's got some big stuff coming with full autonomy. And then he talked about Model 3 in terms of uh, production. And this is something he said before. It's worth saying again. He is planning on full production by July 1st, but then says it's not going to happen. We oh, are planning on full production by July 1st, but it's not going to happen. And that's sort of confusing to people, but he explains it here. 
I don't expect us to be at, at full production on July 1, but I have to drive all, all suppliers and internal efforts to that date, knowing that some will fall short. And if some fall, and, and, and those that fall short, the supplies that still fall short will be cut out of the picture. If there are teams internally that fail to, to execute effectively, we will reorganize those teams. If several thousand parts are not driven to a particular date, there is no chance of, of made it, making any point even past that date. In an ideal world, July 1 would be a confidential internal target. Given the amount of tension that Tesla receives and the fact that there are several three and four suppliers, there's several thousand companies involved, um, it is obviously impossible to keep that confidential. It's, it's just not, it's, you can't. In, in order to have a consistent message internally, knowing that that message will also leak externally, that's where the July one date comes from. There isn't any other way to do it, and if anybody's got better suggestions, I'd love to hear what they are. So I expect production to occur some point after July 1st, but I don't know what day would cause us to slip past that date, and if I did, I would take action to, to address it. That's a good one right there, though. That last thing he said, if I knew where the suppliers would slip, I would already be taking action. Yeah, they keep asking. I'm not prescient, is what he these, said. These <laughs> reporters keep asking me, well, what's going to slow it down? Well, why isn't going to, why could, and it's like, oh, what the f? We're working towards July 1st. It happens. How am I supposed to know what the shit is before it happens? Right. So here's a potential bottleneck. And, you know, a lot of this depends on where they're, they're getting efficiencies in the factory. When that factory was fully working at full blast by Toyota, when Toyota was in it, right. six thousand cars a week is what they were making right tesla claims to already be making two thousand so there's an additional four thousand cars capacity you know if you sort of extrapolate but my guess is maybe tesla could increase that by 10 percent. i mean they're claiming three x's and five x's and stuff like that but i don't see that happening in fremont to be honest with you but that's only if they go to full max capacity of where toyota was which let's call that a logical point for them that's Mm. a 208 additional thousand cars a year so when do they build another factory is i know he talked about adding it on to the next gigafactory but if we're talking about worldwide domination and another model right coming out in the next couple of years and the semis when and they probably already have are they going to build another factory and what is that going to freaking cost them and are they going to continue to burn huge pallets of money (laughs) well so let's go back to what's tesla's goal is to push for sustainable transportation. It is not to pad your pockets if you own stock. No, but that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about if you want to build sustainable transportation, you're not doing it. We just heard the numbers of 100 million cars a year. You're not doing it at 200, 300,000 cars a year in, in California. Well, I think he he stated it at the uh, Gigafactory opening, which is they want to completely change production because it is true. Toyota couldn't get uh, half a million or past a million cars. That's why he was talking about we need to build the machine that builds the machines more efficiently so that we can get 5 to 10x production per unit space. So that's why I think Fremont is going to change substantially. Was he talking about that in terms of the batteries? No, for everything. Everything. 
batteries, cars, because one day the next gigafactory, he says, we put it all together. You'll be a gigafactory right. making batteries and cars incredibly super efficiently. And this is Elon's new passion, it seems, is designing factories, designing the system, the alien dreadnought. And he talked about Fremont being alien dreadnought po- version 0.5, which I think is the title of this show. And they're going to do three or four versions of this to make Right, and they're going to keep ramping it up to the point where there are no people touching the cars. The people are just making sure the machine is running. I'm sure and that UAW was stoked to hear that they, little tidbit of information. Well, you know, if... Well, let's get if to you that. Have 15 giga, if you have 15 car factories Tesla's building cars at, there's high-level jobs in all yeah, of but them. Are, but all of the other factories that he's talked about building are not in America. True. Uh, well, let's uh, jump around a little bit. Let's talk about getting your production together, and then we'll talk about the alien dreadnought since you brought it up already. Here we go. I can address it. I mean, basically, we were in production hell for the first six months of this year. I mean, man, it was hell. And then we just managed to sort of climb out of hell in, like, basically partway through June. And now we're, the production line is humming. Suppliers mostly have their shit together. There's a few that don't. Uh, one I'm going to be visiting on Saturday personally, to figure out what the hell's going on there. But we'll, we'll solve it. It's like the, the thing that's crazy hard about cars is that there's several thousand unique items, and you move as fast as the slowest, the slowest item in the whole car. I'm, like, I'm not losing sleep at night, literally, um, because of production issues right now. 2,000 feels like a good number with like, you know, a, slow, a steady increase in that number, and then continued cost efficiencies, which help with uh, gross margin, some features that are going to come out that will also help on the on the revenue side. So I, I feel like actually really good about SNX right now, but I get some a whole lot of mental scar tissue from for six months this year. Is it just me, or is does he just talk in circles about production? Right. So in that sentence, he's like, I'm pretty happy with the two thousand cars a week that we're making. I feel like. The production lines humming away, but we all know that's not good enough. So, what is the what's really happening there? Like, what he's like one sense we need to make more cars, and this one we we are happy with the two thousand cars. Like, it just seems mixed messaging. In my no, opinion. I don't think it's mixed messaging because I think it's what Robert said, and we're going to just uh, play it for you now. This is version zero point five for where we are right now. I'm happy with production, but in order to do what you're talking about, to make millions of cars and to make them well. You have to make an alien dreadnought. Designing the machine that makes the machine is the, we call it the alien dreadnought. Um, at the point at which the uh, factory looks like an alien dreadnought, then you know you've won. <laughs> it's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> so we've got alien dreadnought version 0.5 is what we model 3. Uh, it'll mm-hmm. take us another year to get to version 1 and probably a major version every two years thereafter. By version 3, it won't look like anything else. It might look like a giant chip pick and place machine, super high speed bottling or canning plant, and you really can't have people in the in the production line itself. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you automatically drop to people speed. Um, there's still a lot of people at the factory, but but what they're doing is maintaining the machines, um, upgrading them, dealing with anomalies in the production process itself. There essentially would be no people with with version one, not version zero point five. But I, I, I don't want people to think, oh, this Tesla's going to have a factory with no people. There's going to be a huge number of people, but they will be maintaining the machines and upgrading the machines and dealing with anomalies. And the output per person will be extraordinarily high. So there's your, what he's talking about, Tom. So you've got 
major iterations every two years until you get to the point where you've gone from pick and place to the alien dreadnought, which is five or tenfold the efficiency. And But the other thing he doesn't talk about there, so yeah, you need people to look after the machines until version four, which is the machines look after the machines and then we all die. <laughs> I don't know. On some levels, I love the guy. I just feel like it's it's there's a lot of hubris in what he says because there have been a lot of very well capitalized car companies trying to reduce their cost of labor considerably for years and years and years and they haven't done it how do you get a robot to get underneath a seat and put a little tiny bolt in like how do you get the people out of a production of a car i how about the seats there's a there's like a tab the seats just drop in when you put it down you do a quick uh, uh, weld, and you're done. So I think the bigger question here is you, what you're saying. Other people have tried. Is he really the smartest person in the room? I would use the analogy of Ford. Ford came along and completely changed that. He put what he is saying. I can of do car that. manufacturers out of business. Henry Ford. Hundreds of car manufacturers. Yeah. They were all making four cars a week. So is. Is Elon, what was the demand? Is Elon Ford? Can he completely disrupt and change the way manufacturing does? He's saying he has to. I'm going to show you how to do it because I'm going to save the world. We'll see if he can do it. Let's well, go back to full autonomy. Though. He also mentioned that in 2010, they were putting out 600 cars a year. Yeah. And now they're putting out like 30, 40, 50,000 a this year, year 100,000. And the slow part of the 600 cars were the fact that Lotus was making most of them. Well, you they know, were like, doing most of the work. Yeah, so he does bring that up at another point, which is a really important point. In uh, five years, they've gone from zero to 100,000 cars a year. This is an exponential growth good. If they continue the exponential growth good, making 5 million, 10 million cars five years from now is definitely possible. And a quick observation is that if they hadn't made the Model X the way they did, they would probably be so much further along at this moment. Can I just say they fucking screwed the fucking pooch with that fucking car and those fucking doors? Right. Okay. So, so on one hand, okay, let's go back a second, right? You say, is Elon the smartest person in the room? I mentioned the word hubris. The X is full of hubris. He has said the same thing. Yeah. I made a mistake. I think he should be talking to you, Tom. He said, we made the most sophisticated car ever built, but that's not how you make lots of cars. So he's come back to that many times because people have said the same thing. Right. You f***ing pooch. He's like, I wanted to make the most beautiful car ever created. We did that. That is not how you make a lot of cars. But let, but what if he's making mistakes in his theoretical and he's putting all of this time and engineering effort towards like this production line instead of putting all this time and engineering towards just building more factories, getting more people to work, right? Like, and and maybe it's not quite as efficient now, but he's pumping out more cars quicker sooner. Not that there's any competition from anybody out there, which is really the funniest part about this whole thing. Nobody is doing anything to compete at all. Well, they're trying, but it seems to be that Who they're is watching. Trying? Everybody is uh, putting out some electric vehicles, Chevy and yeah, a Porsche. All and all the, they're very half-assed because I think that they're doing the same thing that you're saying, Tom's like, let's just see if this f***ing guy can do it because if he can't, why bother? Yeah, and just- if he can... We're going to have to play major catch-up. But I'm not you, putting $50 billion into a whole new way of producing shit 
if this guy fails. Elon's about to explain why the other car companies are, and that is the continued weakening of the carb regulations Well, since their inception, which in their initial inception had a lot more of these car companies being forced to make ZEVs, zero emission vehicles, by 2020. And all of those car companies have slowly chipped away at it to get partial ZEVs and and there's fuel cell cars, and we all know that fuel cell cars, they may not have any emissions, but the the factories that are making the hydrogen sure as hell do have some emissions. So I don't really understand what this is, this uh, zero emissions credit. So you don't make – you, Tom, are making ICE cars, and you say, well, but I need to – get my federal mandates, my state mandates. So I go to Tesla and These say, are California mandates. I need to buy some credits from you. But Elon was saying in this that he's getting shit money from. So, so what happened originally, right? The California Air Resources Board is being incredibly weak in its application of, of ZEV credits. The standards are pathetically low. They need to be increased. There's massive lobbying by the big car companies to, to prevent CARB from increasing the, the ZEV credit mandate, which they absolutely damn well should. It's a crying shame that they haven't. And as a result, you can, you can barely sell a ZEV credit for pennies on the dollar. Got it. Okay. So, so Carb should damn well be ashamed of themselves. From what I can gather, what it, when it first came on, it was all about zero emission vehicles, so pure electric cars, right? As, or hydrogen fuel cells. Or hydrogen fuel cells. But even then, I don't even think it was hydrogen fuel cells, really. It was about making... Sure, we'll throw them in. It was zero emission vehicles, right? And 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 over the years, there were all of these dates that were supposed to happen. By 2020, you had to have X amount of your fleet as zero emission vehicles. And over the years, all the car companies lobbied CARB, either complaining that technology wasn't available or that it was too expensive or whatever, to get those removed. So now those credits are in cars that are those stupid plug-ins that get 11 miles and then mostly run on gas or the Volt that has a gas generator, right? So it, it sort of it took the knees out of the innovation of car companies having to work towards this electric, this fully electric, fully zero emission fuel cell vehicles being one of those things. And so now Toyota gets a bunch of those credits, doesn't have to buy them on the open market because it has the Prius, you know, plug in at 11 miles, Chevy the same way, BMW is now getting them, right? So they don't have to go to the market to buy them. That's why there's very few of your beloved RAV4 EVs. So let me summarize. So you, the idea was that um, the feds, states would push car companies this to create. This is CARB. This is California's air resource board, not the feds. Yeah, Start. but I'm sorry, I'm talking in general. I want to extrapolate this outside of California because mm-hmm. most people could give a about California. Um, so you have the feds or your states come in and say, here's some incentives to make more electric cars. And then the car company does what car companies do in uh, in general which is it's too f-ing hard there's not enough profit there for you um rather than improve their technology they just uh, go to the legislatures and say here's another hundred grand for your next time you want to get elected change this so that we can get credit right. for the shitty cars we make now or actually it's for it's to the members of the california air resources board Directly. they're the ones yeah they're oh, good they're an administrative body under the governor and i'm and i'm pissed at jerry brown our governor, who is, quote, green, for not putting down the fist on these guys and saying, hey, 
You know, you were created in 1990 to ensure that car companies would move the needle towards zero emission vehicles, which at the time were pretty much electric and this mythical hydrogen fuel cell car, which remains a unicorn. So let's talk about full autonomy, um, because this is the most exciting thing. This is the thing that could really change the needle in terms of carbon and all this other shit. And so uh, he says... Why do you say that? Because then you'll need so many less cars when we don't all have a car sitting in So what you're saying in that... And they'll all be electric. So what you're saying in that instance is that... In some ways, then the the massive, then we won't have a hundred million cars needed a we year. Won't, yeah, we won't need the number of cars. We'll need a fraction of the cars because so, we're going to use the cars we have much more. So less then, carbon expended during production. Right. So, but that, some people have said Jason Calacanis just said on a recent podcast that he thinks full autonomy is ten years away. He's one of these sort of uh, smart dudes from Silicon Valley. But here's what um, Elon says: Full autonomy is going to come a hell of a lot faster than anyone thinks it will. I think what what we've got under development is going to blow people's minds. It blows my yeah. mind. Thank so. you. You know, as he's saying this, I'm getting excited, but I'm wondering what is the effect on the engineering team for autonomous driving? My sense is that when when Elon makes these proclamations of amazing things to come. He's not only, you know, satisfying investors and owners and press, but he's really going after his own people, trying to push them Mm -hmm. to stay till midnight every day and to continue pumping away to make this work. How it's going to happen, I'm dying to find out. You know, if you listen to the tone of his voice, if you try and pass out whether he believes this, because sometimes Elon says stuff and you're like, I'm not sure if he believes that. We'll get 50,000 cars built uh, a week in two years. And you're like, he doesn't believe that. But when he's talking about this, you definitely get the sense that what they're about to uh, rele- uh, release to the world is something exceptional. We better f-ing be invited to that party. And it's going to be at the end of the year, it sounds like. It's the Model 3 Part 2 reveal, which I believe is when he will say, and here's how far we've gotten with autonomous uh, vehicles. He's really suggesting to everybody, we are so fucking far ahead of everybody, you're going to be shocked and amazed. And he believes it. Don't know if it's true, but I think he believes it. I wonder if some of this uh, might be revealed at that Guadalajara conference, the space conference, where he talks about space and potentially about satellites. How long would it take to get 40 satellites up? If they can pack 20 into one rocket, it's a weekend. that's like two launches. They could put them up in a weekend. Yeah, so I Tom, mean, is, they, Tom they doesn't could, believe this. They could definitely put thing. them up, but they also have, someone has to build them, right? So they maybe have to they're be built. built. The satellites for a second, Tom. You're all pissy about uh, this autonomy. You don't believe he's got this magical autonomy thing. I didn't say that he wasn't. Oh, there was there was attitude. <laughs> I want to I want to pull no, that attitude I, out onto the podcast. Come I think on. he does. I mean, I think he really accepts and he understands that there's major hurdles to full autonomy. The real question. Is politicians. what about the rest of the cars? What about the politicians? What Regulators. about what about people being comfortable with? What about it not being retrofit? What about the fact that it doesn't? But isn't it's step, a blip? Yes, yeah, step one is. But to isn't do step it. one to make it fucking great yes, yes, and yes, all yes. that other shit? Just step two. Stop already! What? Oh my god! The this, whole show's gonna be beepity beepity beep. Yeah. Well, then uh, then leave them in. All right. Well, <laughs> we're getting X rating. <laughs> One E episode. We need to keep moving because we're already so fucking. No, again, I uh, you didn't let me finish, but yes, I feel that yes, full autonomy is great, but production of cars really seems to be what he needs to be focusing on. Make more cars because if you think about the two and a half billion cars and the hundred million cars a year, 
holy crap, boys, not enough of those are zero yeah. emissions, regardless of what it is. You know what? Fine. Make them fuel cells. Figure out a way to make hydrogen in your house with reverse osmosis in your refrigerator. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is. But let's stop putting pumping emissions into the environment already. Um, I want to jump now to the Model Y because it was in Why? It was my <laughs> it was my impression <laughs> that he'd basically given up on this. That you do a Model Three, which gets it down to the point where about half people can buy it, and then you do the Model Y, which is twenty thousand. You're mistaken because this is still just the compact SUV. This is not the cheaper car. Priority vehicle development after the uh, Model Three would be the uh, Model Y, I guess, <laughs> the compact SUV, because that. That's also a car that where we expect to see demand in the 500,000 to a million unit per year level. So it's it's the obvious priority after the after the Model Three. So the Model Y is not the cheaper twenty thousand dollar version. It's just the SUV version. Oh God, make sure there's no gull wings on their version of ding, the Model ding, Three. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, I believe I mentioned that before he spoke. Concept picture. So it's, it's just a mini a X. Small. Yeah, it's a small version of the. Not really, because the X has falcon wing doors. That's its defining feature. So it's a small. You know what else SUV. starts with F? <laughs> F. They're gull wings. Up. Yeah, dub gull wing doors. Is, no. It's only a software falcon fix, Mal. It's only a fa- it's only a software fix. It's no. a hardware fix because they had problems with that hinge from day one. Now the other thing I should say about my fucking gull wing doors. Oh, good lord! Now you're just doing it. Now you're just doing. Now you're just po- poking the bear, as it were. Is that I had a. I was right up there on the Model Xs. I'm like, mine is number 2,000. And let's assume that they did 2,000 signature editions before I got mine. So I was probably one of the first 5,000 Xs ever built, which uh, on the one hand makes me feel very special. On the other hand, makes me feel like a f***ing idiot because I should have waited until I worked that shit out. Because everybody knows when Apple does a major revamp of a computer, a laptop, for example, you do not buy in the first set of a few thousand to 10,000 that come out, because that's where all the mistakes are found. I'm sorry. I thought the show would be really cool if we called it the Alien Dreadnought V 0.5, but I think it's going to be called The Rant. <laughs> that's all. Just The Rant. <laughs> You've uh, lost Mel, thanks for being an early adopter. Herbert. You know, there are many early adopter Roadster owners that I know have spent time with, and they too have their complaints about Tesla and Elon and smoke and mirrors. But in the end, we're all getting what we want, which is a sustainably powered or a sustainably drivable car. And uh, we're doing the, we're doing what Tom said last episode, I think. And that is, thank you, rich people, for buying these cars and making all of this future and the change possible. It's like voting for the appropriate candidate in an election, which I hope everybody does. So, um, yeah, I'm been bitching and saying the F word a lot, but I still no really hadn't noticed. I'm all about changing the planet, and this is one way uh, to do it. I don't know if it's the most efficient way, if this is the right way, but I support the concept here. But at the same time, uh, the important part about this podcast is that we're not patsies like it's all good, it's all good, it's all good. I will call shit out when it's bad because I want the next right. version to be better. Yeah, let's talk about uh, more cars and buses, and let's end this. I think thing. we want to postpone anything that's uh, a heavy capital impact until after the Model Three. Production is ramped. We don't want to stack uh, Model 3 CapEx um, at, on top of other program CapEx. Because the development of a vehicle, there's a, long, there's a long sort of tail at the beginning of a development of a vehicle, um, which, which involves a lot of time, but doesn't a lot of, involve a lot of, a lot of cost. 
And suddenly when you begin tooling up for production, that the cost really ramps dramatically. So there's a lot we can do before we have to dive into uh, ramp capex. And we, we won't do that for any products until after Model 3 is in, in high production. But I, I think there's going to be some pretty exciting unveils for the Tesla Semi and the Tesla minibus or bus. Or we haven't actually, don't actually have a name for it yet. Uh, that's just off of the Model X platform. So it doesn't involve a lot of CapEx, actually. Um, but we, we expect to probably unveil those, pro I think, for the middle of next year, maybe in the next you know, six to nine months type of thing. Um, and then have a better, you know, a more fleshed out plan for when those would, would enter production. They would enter production within like low single digit years, not like, I mean, I consider like anything past five years is infinity. So that's the part I wanted to get to. These new buses, these new SUVs, um, they're going to show sort of models of them next year. They're not going to build them next year because that's going to cost a lot of money. But you're going to see what this potentially could look like next year, which is exciting to me. I want to just see some of their ideas. Do you see them doing the same model with municipalities for these small buses where they take deposits, see what kind of interest it is? And do you think municipalities could even do that based on the sort of bond structure that they have to like work under? I think they have to get through alpha and beta models and then proving that this thing works because the municipalities have constituents that they're beholden to. They're not like we, a bunch of talking Tesla fanatics who are willing to throw thousands and tens of thousands of dollars around on semi-proven technology. Well, that's completely inaccurate as far as the <laughs> county and city of Los Angeles is concerned. Well, they do buy a lot of iPads yeah. and other crap like that. They've done their fair share of oopsies. Let's do a few ads, and then I want to get your summary statements. First of all, um, from Bill Olson, he's talking about uh, ads. We're doing ads now? Letters. letters. Oh, I thought you were going to collect more money. Yeah, let's do some ads. <laughs> This talking tester is brought to you by hot air. Three pissed off fucking EV <laughs> the letter, drivers. The word. <laughs> Bill Olson, he's from uh, Washington State, says, uh, you know, these state tax credits are all over the place. Uh, in Washington, though, one of the good things is that you can add a lot of uh, equipment and have it all sales tax free. So there's different ways to incentivize people. Like well, this is the post the stuff. But he's talking about what I mentioned, which was that there was no sales tax. But what he says is that sales tax is only on the first $32,000. So he had to pay sales taxes on the rest. But it's limited to cars sold for a value less than 42000 mm -hmm. Oh, so it doesn't count. So he had to pay so your full Tesla, sales tax on the end. Because you're a rich. So he couldn't get under forty two. Even if he bought a totally stripped down 60, he would have been above right, but the three, forty two. That's a bummer. So they should really but, think about taxing only that increment over the 32000 because at least that's a little bit of an incentive. And what do they care? Honestly? So here's, here's Tesla Motors looking forward. If you buy your Model 3, Base, it's going to be under forty-two, maybe, maybe forty-one, such and such. Well, whatever. MSRP, and yeah. then later you add the extra battery and you add the autonomous driving, and f them, I just got out of sales tax. So uh, Elon has said that he doesn't think that you need these incentives. It speeds things up, but you don't need them. You can't rely on them. The one beef that we all have about this, though, is uh, again people saying this is just another company sucking off the tax dollar. And again, I say, and I'll say it again, it's 
the fossil fuel industry that has the biggest incentives in the world because we do not tax their f***ing pollution and their carbon. And if we did that, we could have no uh, incentives for anybody. That would be fine. But we sure as hell do clean up their messes. We certainly do. Joe uh, DeMont, he's from Alberta, was very interested in hearing about this Canadian couple that are pulling their ex and going across the country, and it's very exciting, and he felt particularly bad because he was doing the same thing, except in a a three-quarter ton suburban, burning the crap out of fossil fuels, and he felt guilty. You should feel guilty, Joe. You're a disgrace. Aaron Schneider sent us 25 bucks. I'm glad he's got remorse. And he has a deposit, I think, on a Model 3. You know, I've got the same thing. It's like, I want to go and see America's national parks, some of the most beautiful national parks in the world. But I feel guilty if I don't do it in my Tesla. So I really want them to build a a big truck or a big SUV or a big RV. I want a f***ing electric RV so I can drive around the country on the supercharger network. Just saying. Aaron Schneider I want gave, that for you too, Mel. Thank you. Aaron Schneider gave us huh. money. And thank you, Aaron. You're a good man. And he's sitting on a giant stack of medical school loans. So thank you very much. Yeah, double thank you. He says he's going to come visit us soon. Okay. Matt McClesson made a note. And uh, I do have to bring this it's up. This Matt is very. McClesson, by Matt the way. McClesson. McClesson is the email. Hey, address. McClesson is hey. the Scottish warrior. So uh, we said in the last one that um, we're probably going to get enough money from Tom whining about, you know, give me some cash to buy a, a new Tesla. We're probably going to get enough money to go down and buy some In-N-Out, which is a beautiful hamburger joint here uh, in the, the southwest. And um, Matt it's, says uh, – It's not grass-fed. Matt said this is bad because, you know, yeah, driving cars that burn uh, petroleum products is bad, but eating animals – is really inefficient and results in lots of methane and carbon dioxide. And you are right, and I'm going to stop doing that as soon as there is a meat substitute that tastes as good as in and out So what I will tell Mr. Which is happening soon, I hope, because Matt, it's really stupid to not be a vegetarian at this point. Well, I will tell Mr. Klassen is that I have been, for this one of these very reasons, a weekday vegetarian for going on two and a half years now. And I remember when you started, and good on you. And I was a full vegetarian for a while, but it didn't hold. And I hardly eat red meat. I mean, I eat it, but I don't. It's not. It's probably less than once a month. Way less than once a month. How, a very a, small donation. Is it okay to be a very pes- small amount pescatarian? I eat a lot of sardines. Depends on the fish. If you're eating a lot of sardines, yeah, for sure. Yeah, sardines are actually really good. Very for you. plentiful. Great for the environment. So people sure. are vegetarians for health reasons. People are vegetarians because of uh, ethical reasons. Is it okay to kill cows and crap? And then people are now considering being vegetarians, because it is an incredibly inefficient way to uh, get calories. Uh, we burn lots of methane, and it's just it's really inefficient. So I get all of the reasons, but I still really love a good hamburger. I'm sorry, but I'm eating less and less all the time. I'm working on it. Right, but you're not eating even – you're probably not even eating a hamburger a week. No, and not so even And so he's talking about, you know, two hamburgers a week is the equivalent of driving all the SUVs in the U.S. for that week. I mean, we're talking about cows farting. Methane. Right, methane. Can we make a methane cell fuel vehicle and just like capture cows? It's called natural gas. Strap it to the cows. Yes, they have those vehicles, compressed natural gas vehicles. So let's summarize. Matt Atkinson, who's a dog. Oh, he's talking about walking. Yeah. Sent us a whole bunch of stuff about how bad uh, cars for you are in terms of emissions. And then we talked about the last quarter mile, the car. Uh, breaks off the big giant bus and takes you the last quarter mile. And uh, along with a lot of other important points, Matt says, walk. 
What about our freaking legs? Which is a great thing. Very keep efficient. Us, keep us from being massively obese. You know, there's a great scene. There's a, ma- a movie out with Viggo Mortensen. I don't plug movies very often. Never. But there was this fantastic scene. It's called Captain Fantastic. He's a father, like living with his family in this alternative life in the forest. And basically he takes them out of the forest. They've got to go on a mission. It's like a road trip movie. And he takes these like six kids who've been living in the forest, living off the land, killing their own meat. They go to a city. They're sitting in the... uh the lobby of the bank while dad's getting some money out for their trip. And he comes back and they're all pale and they're looking like, what, why is everybody so sick? They all look so sick. And the camera pans and you see all these pot bellies and wide asses and everybody's fat. And that's exactly what Matt's talking about. Everybody's fat. You got to get off your butt. You got to get walking. You got to watch what you eat. You got to get healthy. Even if you have a Tesla. You've got to walk. Yes. All right. So now let's summarize this whole piece that he talked about on this hour and a half uh, thing. So here's my summary of the earnings call. Uh, We're burning a lot of cash, but we think we're going to make a lot of cash. The next series of cars and things that are coming full autonomy, the Model 3 is going to save everything. They're going to sell so many. It's going to be so wonderful. It's all going to be okay. He's going to make America great again by selling a lot of Model 3s. Oh, is that what's happening? Is that all you've got to say? <laughs> Let me point something No, out. I do have one more thing to say, actually. This is directed at you, Robert. We got an email on August 4th from Adrian McDade. He said, greetings for Northern Ireland. Here's five bucks for Tom's fund towards his next electric vehicle. There was no way to leave you a message on the donation page. He loves the long shows, and his PS was... It's great with the three of you now doing the show. You know what? I agree. Awesome. I love you, you Robert. You're the third. I love you, too. You're the three. I want to point out, though, that I think we've gone, what, two hours and 45 minutes at this point? They managed to cover a whole lot, let Elon blabber on a lot about how amazing vertical production, exponential, the new world, and they did it all in an hour and three minutes. Yeah, but we had to commentate on it. That's we, true. We Cogitate. Had to, we had to say f- a lot. Yes. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, go listen to the full earnings call. You can find it on YouTube. Just put earnings call Q2. You can listen to the whole thing. There was much more stuff that we didn't cover. And uh, what I put in there was edited because Elon is not the best uh, public speaker in the world. Yes, Tom? And let us know whether or not uh, this was at all interesting to you because, you know, it's interesting to us, but we don't know if this is the kind of stuff you want us to talk about or if you want us to just continue to sort of talk about news aggregating or, or you know, be more or less ranting and also uh, the F-bombs. Really, Mel? Yeah. yeah. We're probably should, we, to, should we ask the people whether or not they like the F-bombs? If you would like F-bombs? me to stop swearing, um, I'll work on it. Also, do you want to hear the F-bombs as opposed to I hearing the I can't put the, the F-bombs in there because I'm worried that you're driving with your kids and then somebody's going to say, and that's not okay. So yeah. like, they don't make R-rated movies for the same reason, Mel? Like People can yeah, make but- the decision whether or not to drive or not drive. How about this? Maybe we test it this week. Put up two versions of the show, one beeped out, one not beeped out, and see which one gets more down. That's too complicated. That's an A-B testing. Aaron Snyder might be driving you know, on a, on a trip with his family. It's summertime, and he wants to listen to the show, and all of a sudden his wife is like screaming at him, you don't want to have marital discord over Mel being pissed off and saying f*** all the time. You're straight. <laughs> All <laughs> right, let's end this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here's was Tom, Rob, Mel, talking Tesla. We're done. <laughs> hey, ladies and gentlemen, I want to apologize for Tom and Rob and their language. Um, okay, it was me. I was a little upset this week. I don't know why. Just 
feeling like the planet's burning and nobody cares. But hey, uh, we want to thank a few people, like these people. Brian Polk, Steve McGee, Adrian McDade, Andrew Stevens. These are just some of the people that have given us some cash to run the show. There's more. Aaron Snyder, Joel Sapp, Eric Schneider, Randolph D. Blim, Albert E. Lethold, Sean Thompson, Anson Hargrove, Franco Capizzo. We do appreciate these donations. We realize that we're never going to run the show on donations. It's not going to happen. So also go on iTunes and give us a rating and leave a comment and tell your friends. That's the key thing. Tell your friends. Let's uh, increase the listenership here. Frank Van Heusel, Brandon Morse, Paul Boyd, Patrick Wilson, Jason Holman, Adam Soloway, Chris Benson, Russell Rickards, Patrick C. Henry III, Corey Duncan, Mark Bayer. You know, Rob and Tom, they do this for free. I do this for free. We put it together because uh, we believe in getting the message out there. And we're just really thankful that some of you care enough to buy us a burger, except vegetarian. Harold Spencer, Andrew McLeod, Joe Grofsky, Robert Mason, and David Urquhart. So thanks to Cece, our producer, for reading those names, and for all of you. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. And we've been... Talking. 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 Talking Tesla. Hey, you know, uh, Rob captured a lot of audio when he went to the Gigafactory event. We can't use a lot of it because uh, we had some audio issues. But here's a piece that's worth listening to as kind of your outtake for this month. Driving along the highway here at 100 degrees outside, and believe it or not, there's raindrops falling on our windshield. Yes, raining and 100 degrees. I don't think I've ever experienced that before. But what's more important and more interesting, since we're on our way to the Gigafactory, I'm here with Todd. Todd's a uh, owner of what car? Well, uh, a signature Model S and a now a Model X. Now, this is sort of a famous Model X, I believe. Is that right? This Model X, this this is actually the Model X known as the Soccer Mom Model X? Uh, the Soccer Mom. We took to the Irwindale uh, drag strip and uh, blew away a couple of those uh, ice revved up uh, cars, yes. So you, you left in the dirt some cars that were there to specifically race the quarter mile or the eighth mile, and they didn't expect to see a stock electric car just blow them away. Yeah, stock three-row uh, SUV with a car seat in the back. With a car seat, yeah. The car seat probably slowed you down somewhat, but I guess that really didn't make a heck of a difference. So who are you expecting uh, or who would you like to see at this event and maybe have a few minutes to talk to? Well, I'm expecting we'll see Elon. I don't know if I'll get a chance to have a few minutes to talk to him like I did in the past. Um, I, I met him first at the opening of the Santa Monica uh, Gallery, and that was before Model S was even uh, being delivered. And uh, it was before Elon was the, the rock star that he is now, and you could actually just walk right up and talk to him. And uh, on that day, it was his birthday, and he was talking about how the very next day he was going to take his kids on a vacation to Hawaii. And he, had a, he, he seemed quite relieved because unbeknownst to me at the time, Tesla had just avoided bankruptcy. We'd already put $40,000 down on a Model S and I had no idea that they were that close to bankruptcy. But he was, he was in a great mood and eager to talk and uh, you could get instant access to him. Well, it sounds like both he and you had some celebrating to do. 
I'd feel a little uncomfortable with $40,000 in the pot that was almost uh, attached to a bankruptcy. Well, I love my Model S, and it's amazing to me with our signature Model S, is 197 off the assembly line, that we didn't have... I expected to have 100 problems with it because it's the first car from a new car company from a brand new factory. And right off the assembly line at the very beginning. Yes, and I expected it would be you know one of the worst Model S's ever built. And I suppose it was one of the worst Model S's ever built, but it's a great car.